podcast. Today we're here with Brett Brumley, who is the CEO and founder of Lender Toolkit. How are you? It's doing excellent today. It's a great day. Very cool. So, uh, Lender Toolkit's a cool name. Well, well done on that. Um, let's talk about the company and the founding story. Sure. You know, I've been in mortgages my entire life. You know, I have some early memories of just hanging out at Wells Fargo, America First Credit Union here in Utah. Uh, my mom's been in this business for, you know, 40 plus years. So I kind of grew up just in the uh, in the buildings of mortgage. So, you know, to some extent, I feel like it's kind of in my DNA. Um, worked at a bunch of lenders here in Utah, um, you know, as I started my career and kind of figured out what I wanted to do in life. And, you know, it just made sense. Um, had an opportunity a few years back, uh, seven years ago. Um, we just barely had our seven-year anniversary to uh, start my own consulting firm. I was doing Encompass Administration. Um, for those that don't know, it's the really the technology that is the backbone of mortgage space. And so I was the one responsible for implementing that and managing that um, and doing it for uh, PRMI here in Utah, one of the bigger lenders in the state. Uh, had an opportunity to start my own thing, and so we did. Um, my first um, client was actually seeking to hire me, and so we decided, hey, maybe we'll just jump and, and start this business and um, – I asked if they'd be our first client, and they were willing to, and that was a great thing. So um, from that, we, we kind of were born. Um, you know, within a few short years, we thought if we had two or three employees, we'd have made it big. You know, I was doing well. And so uh, within the first two years, I think I had 10 employees, and it just took off from there. Very cool. And uh, as industries go, fairly complicated and a lot of, like, red tape. I've bought three houses in my lifetime in three different decades, kind of. There was a lot of paperwork, and then there was less paperwork, and then there was more paperwork after uh, the recession, it seemed like, even though a lot of it was still automated. So uh, advantage for you kind of to have grown up in the industry, um, but you had a pretty good idea, I'd imagine, when you launched Lender Toolkit of what you could do better, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, the technology space, the Encompass Administration role, um, really lets you into the mortgage operations at a level that other jobs don't. Um, you see everything from the banking and ownership side all the way down to the taking the application from the loan officers. And it just gets you immersed. Um, and, of course, the technology is what drives the entire business or at least, uh, you know, a huge portion of that business. So, you know, we saw an opportunity to start creating tools and automation solutions that would really start saving time in the space. Um, and that's really where we began. So, of course, first we started out as a professional services organization, just kind of offering our time and energy. Um, but we were continually building new solutions, um, everything from automating the disclosures. Like you were saying, there's tons of documentation, kind of too much documentation sometimes. And it's difficult to know what needs to go to the consumer, um, what is sent, what's what's in compliance, what's not. Um, and that's a really difficult process for people to do manually. So we have tools in place to automate that process. Um, you know, we've, we've stepped into other areas of the operations from underwriting to closing. We've got a flagship product in underwriting. Um, and then we have tools that solve problems for the, the tech side, the administrators. So, you know, we've got so many opportunities in the space and it's been fun. Very cool. And who are your customers now? Right now, um, we have about 350 customers nationwide, um, probably 75% of the top tw- 25 lenders in the country. So anybody from, you know, the big giant names, Penny Mac to, uh, you know, Fairway Lending, big, big banks and lenders um, to small hometown brokers and communities, um, you know, like those that are here locally. So, you know, we really run the gambit. Okay. And, uh, you know, you mentioned you're, you know, building products and technologies in the toolkit, right? Um, Do those get tweaked or modified depending on the client and the size of the company, or is it one size fits all? 
It's a great question. There's nothing one size fits all about mortgage. Um, I think that's what makes the the industry so difficult is it's very niche, very specialty. Um, so we've had to design aspects of our technology to allow for customizations for lenders. Um, each lender does things a little bit different. I think that's what makes them special. Um, and so our technology has to support that. So when we automate an underwriting process, we can't just go in and take over um, a lender's entire underwriting process. There's there's feedback they have. There's ways they do business. Um, so our technologies, um, you know, our primary product is AI underwriter. Um, and it's actually a kind of a rules engine that allows you to feed in some of your um, specifications, your niche guidelines, different ways of doing business right into the tool um, as we analyze all the different data points. So it's a little bit custom and a little bit off the shelf. Gotcha. So there's like mortgage lenders in a different part of America that, in this example, they, they're like billion-dollar communities and like big houses and, and big checks. And then there's maybe like apartments in Tucson or something. Those are going to be different business models that you guys – mold your product around? Uh, Less about the product itself or the house itself. Um, You know, that's one of the best things about our job is we get to see the end result of our technology and that's people getting houses, you know, people refinancing their their mortgage to save money, paying off credit card debt, uh, you know, uh, building a new addition, you know. So those are like the output that our customers, our lenders do. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really exciting. And so we do have uh, the rules engines able to bring in specific guidelines if they want to do more like manufactured homes versus jumbo loans, you know, so there's some niche there. Um, But we try to standardize around the process of mortgage. Um, And so generally speaking, mortgages do business about the same way. Um, And so we try to define our technology around the automation. Very cool. And uh, for you guys saving time and money and uh, being fast ultimately translates to a better ROI for your company, but then also like your customers, or experiencing the same thing, ideally, right? Absolutely. Yeah. The more you invest in technology, um, it lets the people that you have do better and be more efficient. And I think that's really key to what our technology does. Um, you know, right now it's so difficult. Like you were saying, there's different types of homes. There's different investors to sell to. There's different guidelines from the government. And that's really difficult for people to understand and know just from the back of their hand. Um, as lenders continue to scale, it's even more difficult to train new people to do that. So our 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 AI underwriter system um, and, you know, the variety of other tools we have takes all the different data components from a mortgage, analyzes it inside of our engine, and then outputs either a condition or a decision um, to guide the um, individual employees of a lender to do their job better. Gotcha. And so with all things in life, right, whether it's mortgages or software or vehicles or anything, you need people to be the end consumer, right? Um, Whether you're big or small, and they generally like the path of least resistance. Um, so ultimately, it saves them a bunch of time, probably money as well. Um, probably saves a small forest here or there. Because I remember the first house I bought was just a whole book of documents to sign. Yeah, you know, um, mortgage is one of the things they're working on right now. Probably one of the biggest is called e-closings. Um, it's, it's really coming to market fast. Consumers like it because they can just sign um, on their phone or an iPad and go through, you know, 70, 80 documents just in a breeze. Um, there's even uh, notarized, uh, notaries at home. So they're called remote notaries. So you can actually be in the comfort of your own home and have your documents notarized where before you had to go into a title company. That's really exciting. Um, so our industry's evolving technology-wise faster than I think a lot of other industries because they've been a little bit behind the times. And so everything from e-notes to automation underwriting um, is a direct result of saving time and money. Um, I think I heard a statistic a while back that said that 
getting a mortgage was almost about as fun as uh, going to the dentist, right? Like that's a terrible bar for our industry. And the way we solve that is through automation, a more user, a better friendly user experience, things on your phone um, that you would expect from all the rest of the technology in the space. Um, So for us, it's really fun to be able to implement that. Yeah. And if you're the end consumer and you can see these guys look like they're squared away and they're going to make it as easy as possible, you'll probably go with them. Yeah, absolutely. Lenders that have fully embraced automation and technology can scale better, have a better return on their investment, um, can you know capitalize in a buyer's market. But even more right now in that contracting market, they're able to save costs and still operate. So you know, there's a place for us all the time. Yeah. So this has been an interesting time in a lot of areas in human history, but uh, houses, the housing market, people buying in and out. Um, you guys are deeply involved in that. Um, how often do you worry? How often do, do you uh, kind of try to look around the corner and, and guess on how things are going to work and how does it impact your business? You know, thankfully, being in the technology space of mortgages, I feel like our company is a bit more insulated than, say, the ups and downs of the roller coaster that is mortgage. Um, you know, when rates get really high, lenders, you know, get concerned about costs and they get concerned if their volume contracts. Um, as we just barely came out of amazing rates and you know big economic booms for lenders, they're trying to deal with problems like scale and hiring and taking enough customers. So for us, we solve both of those problems. You know, our goal in uh, all of our automation is to make them more streamlined, provide a better user experience, cut costs, and re- give a good ROI. So for us, it doesn't matter if it's uh, a contracting market or an expanding market. Um, but I think our industry as a whole is entering a space where we're looking at market contraction. Um, rates are starting to go up. We've probably refinanced everybody that has. Um, if you haven't refinanced at this point, you better get on it because rates are going to go up here in the next little bit. Um, and so for us, we're really starting to figure out um, a way to kind of shift our message a little bit more to talk about cost savings, um, efficiency gains, so that they can continue to operate in the same way without uh, the business coming in. Gotcha. All right. So um, you talked about the ability to scale for your, your customers, uh, you running your own business. Um, how do you look at, at scaling your technology, your products, and your team um, as it relates to your customers, making sure they're solvent and good? I'm thinking like 2008, 2009, right? I think in our space, the again, the need for technology is increasing day over day. Um, mortgages is more of a a business that's evolving the last few years. And so they're seeking to find technology solutions when before they weren't. Mm-hmm. Their emphasis was more on the people of this. And that's really important too, but technology is vital if you're going to succeed. So for us to scale, we have to have the people in place to support them and the technology and tools. Um, and that's been difficult, but probably the most exciting part of my job. Um, you know, Silicon Slopes is really backing and supporting technology lenders and vendors, and we're growing at like amazing rates. So for me, it's been exciting to actually figure out a way to support our clients and then have the revenue coming in to scale the business appropriately. Yeah, um, It's difficult to find the right people to make this happen because it's, again, very niche, uh, but it's really exciting because the opportunities are there. Yeah. So you mentioned it's exciting for your, you know, being the CEO, you obviously do a lot. Um, so not a, you don't have a technology background, right? Like you don't code and program and software engineer. Enough to be dangerous, you know. I can I can certainly read the code, but that wasn't my background. It was operations, business management, um, and then mortgage certainly. So um, from a young age, I think people just came to me with technology questions. Um, you know, I used to just Google it and read the instructions. It's the best way for IT, and it's probably a, <laughs> a secret they don't tell you about. It's just put it in Google and read the instructions. Um, but because of that, I was presented with unique opportunities in my life to then be in charge of technology, and I just loved it. So. Gotcha. 
And so, you, you know, you mentioned AI, which is a big boy, big girl technology. How do you, as, as the CEO, uh, how are you a part of like product innovation and new ideas, new technologies just for your company? Is it whiteboarding out? You know, like how do you start it and finish it? You know, we use, um, for the backbone of our business, we use a software called Teamwork. Project management is probably one of the most important parts of any startup's business. Uh, if you can't understand what your roadmap is, what you're doing today, what your teammates are doing, um, you're going to crumble into your own weight. So we, we have a really robust project management methodology that we run everything. Um, we use it internally for our own initiatives, and we make sure our people use it on our customers' projects, and that really helps. Um, we're spread out all over the country. Um, we've got 30 employees nationwide, and we couldn't do that unless we had some type of software to be collaborative. Um, the other places that we use for AI, that's really on our customers' products. We haven't really used that internally yet, uh, but we're starting to get into um, you know OCR, machine learning, to really understand all the data, massive data points that are coming in on mortgage um, and what that means to the loan and the impact to consumer. And so if we don't use those technologies, I feel like we're going to get passed up. Yeah. Um, so those are really critical things to our industry. And then overall, like macro, and if you want to relate it to you guys, like Web3, crypto, blockchain, is that starting to trickle in? There's a few companies that are playing in the blockchain kind of environment. I think that's really interesting. I, I, right now, I think for our space, it's more marketing pizzazz and a little bit of uh, make you sound sophisticated because it's not really adopted at all. Uh, but I can really see the advantage of going down that path. Security is a huge concern with, with financing and with lending. Um, and so if, with blockchain, you have the ability to secure a transaction, secure data at a level that's just unlike anything else. Um, is it necessary today? No. But will it be in the future? Absolutely. So we're starting to kind of dabble. Yeah. Um, crypto is something that I'm kind of personally passionate about. And I, and I definitely see there's an opportunity in mortgages around crypto. Um, everything from paying the fees that you have on your loan to actually securing a loan in crypt, uh, with crypto. Yeah. Um, there's a few banks that are kind of flirting with that with uh, mixed success because of the regulations and the environment. But uh, that could be a wave of the future. Yeah. Have you seen any? Like that they just bought a house with Bitcoin or there's, Ethereum? There's two or three different lenders in the space that were offering Bitcoin uh, mortgages. Um, they rolled them out as a beta to see what it was. But, you know, finances are backed by uh, big banks around the country. And without the regulatory power of the government and some and some rules, they're not going to jump into that space uh, easily. Yeah. So I think it's gonna you're gonna see other industries probably take shape before you really see cryptocurrency come into the mortgage space. Um, for things like paying for your appraisal or your credit report or other things that you have to incur, that could easily be done with cryptocurrency. Yeah. So it sounds like you guys will be uh, right on the cutting edge of that when it when the timing. We sure hope really so. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. And then uh, you mentioned you guys are kind of a distributed company and have been even before 2020. Um, there's obviously upsides to that. Don't have to pay for an office. Don't have to pay for snacks. Um, but there's obviously downsides too. How do you uh, manage that as a CEO? You know, that was a decision that we made early on. Um, being in Utah, um, it was kind of a tough decision because there's so much mortgage and technology talent here. And so Utah is a natural fit for anyone that wants to be in lending or technology. Um, but mortgage administrators, the people that run the tech, they're a very, very small group of people. And if you don't look nationwide, you're just not going to find the talent that you need. So we expanded nationwide. Um, but to do that successfully has been you know, really unique for us. Um, I think things like paying attention to your culture, making people engaged in what you're doing um, is probably one of the most difficult things we have. 
Um, there's plenty of technology to keep track of people and to talk to people, whether it's project management or Slack or, you know, collaboration tools. That stuff's out there. Um, we use everything from whiteboarding tools to project management tools. But I think what really makes it difficult is the connectivity of the people across the nation and how that works. Yeah. And uh, do you guys ever get together all hands, have some fun, kind of like what happens in a office? How do you mitigate that? Yeah, the... That's been something that I've really enjoyed. Um, I want to bring our people together. Seeing them face-to-face is so important for a startup. Um, The amount of work you can get done from one week of being in person is vastly different than one week on Zoom meetings, Um, how quickly people pay attention. So uh, we just did a uh, summit where we brought everybody to Utah, of course, because it's my home and it's beautiful. Um, We called it Reaching New Heights. And so we we got a glamping site up uh, Big Cottonwood Canyon and just brought everybody up. And we hired a local guide to do some mountain climbing with everybody and just hang out as a group. Um, really just kind of let loose and get to know each other on a different level. And that was exciting for us um, and and really useful. Um, we've also done events like uh, bring our development team out to Las Vegas where we, you know, we just rented a bunch of Lamborghinis and Ferraris and went and cruised, cruised up Red Rock. Um, and that's really fun too because right. you, you get to give somebody an experience they wouldn't otherwise get to do. And, you know, if I'm not spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on office space, you know, why not have some fun and do things like that? So I think getting in and in, in, front of each other is really important for a spread out company. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, and then, uh, as you look into the future, you've, you've got, you know, a distributed team, you've got a frothy housing market. You're obviously like trying to find your talent, you know, whether it's operations development. So you've got to compete with everybody. Um, what are you guys going to focus on over the next year or two? Uh, the next year really is on automation. Um, I think the value add to automating specific key departments inside of mortgages is just unmatched. Um, you know, so right now, like I said, our flagship product is AI underwriter, and underwriting is one of the most critical aspects of mortgage because that's where the sales teams are, are making sure that all the consumers' documents are in, the loan is perfected, uh, there's min- they're minimizing risk for a lender, and then they're prepping it to close the loan and give you your keys or the, the finances that you need. And so it's kind of a linchpin um, function that is really expensive and time-consuming. And so if we can streamline that process, which we feel like we can, we can actually underwrite automatically in 30 seconds 90% of the loan. Um, just a click of a button and you have a decision. And that's incredibly powerful. Um, there's only a few companies that are dabbling in the space. And so, you know, we've been in that space for a while and doing really well. Um, but where we're focusing on the next couple of years is other places outside that. Besides maturing that particular platform, we can go upstream into the closing or post-closing functions, or we can go um, upstream to sales and, and deal with um, automation for collecting the documents and making that perfect. So uh, a few other unicorns here in Utah um, are doing the sales side really well. Simple Nexus is a good friend of ours and uh, just got a huge round of funding here in Silicon Slopes. Yeah. Um, and they're really focused on the sales and the, um, you know, the relationship with the realtor. Um, in other areas, of course. Um, so there's just so many opportunities. But I think our focus is going to be on operations and streamlining processes inside the mortgage space. Gotcha. And um, what is the uh, the advantage of being in your industry is like overall data points. Like, can you see two or three weeks ahead, two or three two or three months ahead if there's going to be issues across America? Like, just data points that you know. Because of your experience. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good kind of insight is that as we see rates fluctuate and rates go up or you see um, applications diminish, you can really start to see what the country will be reporting on in three to six months. 
Um, and so that's kind of exciting. Um, I think where we have an opportunity, though, is starting to analyze data on a given loan to see if in two or three months the consumer would naturally uh, uh, qualify. Uh, what what lends to a consumer making their payment or not making their payment? So starting to use that machine learning and, and analyzing data points to understand what the finance industry as a whole is going to do is definitely a unique opportunity that not many people are doing. Yeah. Um, so, And uh, this is just a fun, weird question. If you don't want to answer, you don't have to. But, uh, you know, 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, for sure, 15, 20 years ago, kind of an entry-level job right out of college in Utah, you could buy a house or a townhouse or a condo. Um, speaking from experience with you know having interns over the last three or four years, and then they've gone on and um, got their entry level jobs. It's tricky for them. So when you're you know at a family barbecue or cocktail reception and people are complaining about that, what are some of your words of wisdom? Utah's um, a hot market right now. Um, bought my house even four or five years ago um, and did a renovation. By the time the renovation was complete, it was almost double the cost. And so I, it's definitely a challenge that people getting out of college are looking at going, how can I afford something like that? Um, buy something in a community that is maybe not the trendiest in the state. Um, I think everybody wants to live in, you know, ninth and ninth of Salt Lake or Park City, Utah or Cottonwood Heights. Uh, you don't just buy that right out of college. And I think people set their their goals a bit too unreachable right away. Um, buy a house in Ogden, Utah. It's an amazing place that's up and coming. Um, homes aren't as expensive there, and it'll give you an opportunity to start developing equity, learn what it is to be a homeowner, and then you can pivot into other places and start selling your home. There's tax advantages, and of course, you can use the equity to buy another house. So, you know, jump through it. Um, you could buy a small house that needs a little bit of work and paint it and put carpet in it. Um, do minor things, and then in, in a hot market, they'll sell quickly and you can make some money. Yeah. So, you know, just don't overcommit yourself when you buy a home. Make sure you find the right place and live in it for a little while and improve it and then sell it and do, do it again. Yeah. Well, there's something to be said with luck overall, right? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> buy in Idaho. Don't come to Utah. <laughs> Utah's such a great market. You know, uh, I definitely want to buy a house here in Utah. It'll, it'll, I think we've heard, um, rate numbers of like 10 to 15% every single year increasing. Yeah. So this is a great place to be. But there's a lot of opportunities in different places in the state to buy a home. Oh, for sure. Cool. All right. And then uh, last question, meat and potatoes question here. Um, CEO of a distributed team, scaling, growing, tech heavy. Um, how do you manage your day? My day is chaotic, you know, like probably most founders. Um, you know, I feel like a little bit of structure helps. Um, us as a company, um, we focused on wellness, and that's been kind of an initiative we've done the last few years. So we have um, someone that does guided meditation sessions throughout the day, and I feel like the most important part of my day is actually decompressing from my day. Um, I think uh, I was watching Masters of Scale. It's another podcast. And they were talking about what founders do at night. And I was going into that thinking for sure they talk about organization and they did research on other companies. And no, I was completely surprised. It was all about wellness. It was about decompressing and letting your mind and those ideas flow and, you know, disconnecting a little bit. So one of the most important parts of my day is actually not related to my day. Um, and I would say it's a meditation session. Take 30 minutes as a company and we just breathe, relax, and just, you know, try to uh, – understand what other things are going. Beyond that, though, um, I have a pretty structured day where um, I, I carve out a specific amount of time of my day for emails. I try to limit that. Um, emails can be so distracting that if you're in your email box every single day, um, it'll take you away from what you're really trying to focus on. So um, I only do that for like an hour or two a day. I, I carve that aside. Um, then I, in the afternoon, I've got times dedicated for meetings. Um, and I try to meet with my department heads throughout the week um, at key points just to get a touch base of what they're doing. So I like a lot of structure and organization that uh, work time versus um, creative time has to be there. Um, but like I said, the most important 
important part is to step back a little bit and uh, take it all in. Yeah. Enjoy what you've built and uh, have a little bit of fun in life. Exactly. Otherwise, according to the experts, you'll burn out. You know, you've got to carve out that 8 to 10 o'clock time in case there's a powder day, too. I've got to be able to get up skiing, too, if there's a really good thing. Can't have a bunch of meetings stacked up first thing of the day if you're going to hit the slopes. Yeah, it's funny that people get sick a lot on powder. Yeah, that is kind of a thing, for sure. (laughs) Very cool. Thank you so much, Brett, for joining. I uh, really appreciate it and uh, impressed with what you guys are doing there. Great. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Doing Silicon Slopes is an amazing organization, so we're excited to be part of it. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you.